the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed in the program are not necessarily those of this radio station or its sponsors and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. You should always consult the appropriate advisor before making any financial decision. All rights reserved. AM 1220 KDOW presents Money 2.0. Money 2.0. Now, shedding light on your portfolio and helping you make it grow. Here's certified financial planner and Money 2.0 host, Chad Burton. Welcome into Money 2.0. I'm your host, Chad Burton, certified financial planner. a CFP, trained in taxes, insurance, retirement planning, state planning, investing, almost 20 years in the business. If you want to get your calls in the air, Get a second opinion on something, ask a question. Love to talk to the listeners. Favorite part about the show, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. If you're too shy to call in, email me, chad at chadburton.com. That's chad at chadburton.com. Now, the headline news today, it was kind of, you know, I guess you could say kind of not that important because we're going to have earnings season kicking off full gear. And it's going to be a tougher comparable. And we look at the first quarter of the year, which looks a lot like the first quarter of last year. S&P 500 surged 10% in the first quarter. Now, the biggest sectors were healthcare and consumer staples. Healthcare is up 15.2%. Consumer staples up 13.8%. It's interesting because looking at our overall portfolios at New Focus Financial and how well we've done on some of our consumer staples holding, we looked at our consumer staples position said, you know what, with all the gains that we've had lately, because consumer staples have done really well over the last couple of years, we peeled some of that growth and got even more health care. Health care did a little better, made, made a good move, but I'm looking at some of the consumer staples stocks and a lot of what's going on, because that's typically a defensive sector. Consumer staples are goods and service, you know, things that you use like Band-Aids and Clorox and cereal and things like that that you use in good economies and bad economies. They tend to be slower growing businesses and they tend to pay a higher dividend, more return to cash to shareholders. So a lot of people have been chased in that direction because a lot of these stocks are paying higher than a lot of shorter term bonds. Another area that surged was utilities at 11.8%, another slow growth area. These typically have government, you know, Backed or not backed, but oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Government involvement so that they can't grow as fast as they might want to. So you got some defensive sectors rallying a lot. So what did really well, though, to take a look at it is small and mid cap continue to push forward, showing a little bit more relative strength than large cap. In the last couple of years, both have done well. However, it's it's not been a real outperformance of the small and mid cap. And as I've said before on the show, areas that I'm looking at, looking for good entry points, are small cap and mid cap internationally. 
because a lot of the companies, and there's more cash on corporate balance sheets on the S&P 500 than in many years, a lot more than in 2006 and seven. Very, very healthy balance sheets, lots of cash. They're going to need to put it to work, and a lot of that cash is overseas. Now, again, so a lot of the best-performing areas in the market were defensive-oriented areas. Now, if you look at the historical P-E ratios on consumer staples, you're trading slightly higher than the 10-year average, the midline average. So keep that in mind, average into that area. Now, Japan declined 2.1%. They had a, a Tonkin survey for large manufacturers that showed a reading of negative 8 for March versus an estimate of negative 7. A number below zero on these reports suggests large manufacturers there are pessimistic, are more pessimistic than optimistic about business conditions. I like their, I like their reports over there because they're either positive or negative. Here we get these numbers and in China as well where for uh, purchasing manufacturing index, for example, ISM, these numbers, well, when they're 50 or above, it means growth. When they're below 50, it means declined. It doesn't make a lot of sense to the average person, but whereas positive and negative numbers do. So it's kind of easier to see. Now, Japan's market on the flip side of that, that report has still been on a tear because currency printing, they're, like we've done in the last several years, really just printing money and throwing into the economy, trying to bring rates even lower, trying to stimulate growth. If you look at Japan, our, their demographics look like our demographics do in about five or ten years. So we learn a lot by watching them. And uh, Renaki and the current Federal Reserve has learned a lot by studying the depression. And that's one of the reasons why they're continuing to stimulate the economy through quantitative easing and the twist. Basically, QE affinity until we see our unemployment 6.5% or under. China's Shanghai Composite, though, slipped. They had a PMI report, a Purchasing Manufacturing Index report, indicating business activity increased at a rate of – the number came in at 50.9. Again, over 50 is growth, and it was up from February. However, people were looking for a number of 52, so a little bit of disappointment there. So China uh, continued to struggle a bit as they're looked at as – you know, growth growing over 7.8%. Inflation is manageable at about 3%, but they're having some issues. They're having some property bubble issues. They're having some banking issues. They're having pigs and ducks floating down, dead pigs and ducks floating down water sources, which is really, really odd. And, you know, don't like to see that kind of thing at all, but something to keep an eye on. Long term, China looks great. It looks like they're going to struggle for the next three to six months at least. And speaking of China, Apple's a stock that was in the news today. Again, Tim Cook apologizing in China for the company's iPhone warranty and repair policies in China. Uh, and that's after receiving criticism from state-run media over customer service and its second largest market. they got to get this right. they got to get a cheaper iPhone for emerging markets as well. they got to get a product release coming up. Got to do some stuff with their cash. They're, they're having some issues. Um, I don't like to have to see them come out. Apples aren't supposed to be have issues with customer service. They're supposed to work right. So definitely some issues there. Um, and then, of course, you know, we got, oh, Tesla. Big day for Tesla. They talked about, you know, 
profitability in the first quarter. Stock rally today. Um, gosh, I guess it was 15.9% by the end of the day. Strong sales of its Model S sedan. So Tesla Motors, big winner on the market today. And I'm sure you're all sick of hearing California's city of Stockton. Bankruptcy application is uh, going to continue. They're going to be allowed to enter bankruptcy. Lots of issues going on there. I'm sure you're sick of hearing about it. If you want to call in and talk about 800-516-1220, that's 800-516-1220. Today in the show, we're going to talk a lot about what retirement is supposed to be like, what most people don't want it to be like, how far behind people are. It's just blowing me away some of these numbers that I'm seeing. And you got to wake up. You got, I mean, unless you want to work till you're 100 years old, you guys got to listen. You guys have to start saving money and figure out ways to doing it. First, let's go to the phones. Again, if you want to get your calls in the area, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Veronica, how are you? I'm fine, Ted. Thanks for taking my call. I have a question about a bank proposed to me something that's called, they call it a market link CD. And, uh, for instance, for three years, you could earn 2.25%, but it's tied to the S&P 500. And they assured me it's FDIC insured. And uh, yet, of course, it's handled by one of their personal investment officers, who's a registered representative, not just a regular bank employee. Um, okay, so you, you've confirmed one thing. They have said it's FDIC insured, right? So there's no potential risk for loss. That's what they say, yes. Now, you mentioned two different things, though. You mentioned tied to the S&P 500, which there are things called structured note CDs, which I've talked about before. Uh, but you also mentioned a certain rate of return. and So this is a three-year deal that they're offering you. Yes, but if the S&P... Oh, now, this is one I'm not sure how they've done. If it goes down, you get nothing. Right. And they have like a five-year that you can get 6.5%, but it's tied to Exxon, AT&T, and Johnson & Johnson. And when you read their whole thing on their tax treatment, the IRS has not yet quite decided how they're going to treat this for tax purposes either. Yeah, it's usually better to get these things in an IRA because sometimes the, nobody knows if – this is let, let me explain this for everybody else, and, and this is some homework that you get to look at, Veronica, because you have to realize, is this an annual point-to-point deal? In other words, if you do the five-year CD, are they going to look at it in year one and then at the end of the year five? And typically what they do is they give you a certain percentage of the upside of the S&P 500 without the downside risk. So usually it's about 20 to 40% of the upside with no downside risk. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, now, Veronica, did they mention anything about dividends? Uh, well, no. They no. They will pay. It's paying interest. Well, right. Here's why, though, because what people need to understand before they get into these products is that it's not going to keep up with stocks because number one, it does. You you don't get to participate in the dividends, and so when you're talking about AT and T and some of these other stocks. That are yielding over three percent. Well, it's AT and T up five, five and a half. That's the majority of the return in those stocks. So typically, you're not participating in 
the dividends. That's very important to understand, especially when you're very specific stocks. So it's really a price movement thing where it's point A to point B, the price movement of the stocks or the index. There's usually a portion of the upside that you get to participate in. But the, the issue is, is that I'm not sure I like the one about the individual stocks, but if it's the S&P 500, um, and they're only offering you 100, 100% of the return up to 2% a year. For three years, 2.25%. But if the S&P goes down one year, you get nothing that year. Right, right. So, But the, the maximum you can get over that period of time is 2.2% a year? Yes. Eh, I'm not I'm not too happy with that one, Veronica. I'd probably pass on that deal mm-hmm. because, I mean, it's still better than the CD if the S&P 500 continues to go forward. But usually, I mean, you have to realize that there's usually a participation rate. So the first, you know, if it goes up, the S&P 500 on a price movement goes up 2%, usually there's a participation rate that you get only 20 or 30% of the upside. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Ask them is this is this calculation figured annually, uh, or do they look at it at year one and then look at it at the end of the year three? How does this how is this return calculated? Have a very clear understanding, um, and and also what's the participation rate in the annual or in the annual movement or in the period of time like three years? Uh, you, you take some time to understand what that is and maybe give me a call back once you have a confirmation on it. All right. Thank you very much, Chad. Hey, thanks, Veronica. All right. Coming back after the break, structured note CDs. These are the things that you're going to start seeing more in these low interest rate environments. I'll talk a little bit more about it after the break. If you want to get your calls in the air, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Or go to newfocusfinancial.com. We'll be right back. This is Money 2.0. On AM 1220, KDOW. Welcome to Money 2.0. I'm your host, Chad Burton, Certified Financial Planner. Certified Financial Planner means I deal with taxes, insurance, retirement planning, estate planning, investing in any money question, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Oh, I should say any money question. I don't like the individual stock buy holder. So I'll save that for Rob Black in the morning, 7 a.m. on this station. Uh, so we were talking a little bit about structured note CDs. Okay, what are these? And there was a recent article at bankrate.com, which is a site that you can find you know, high-yielding money markets and things like that, like CITA Bank right now has a 1% money market for larger accounts, totally liquid. And um, there's a recent article about will structured note CDs replace normal CDs in this low rate environment? Because you look out and you, I mean, from what I see, banks are offering anywhere from one to five year CDs at under 1%. Why would you ever do that? It just doesn't make any sense, especially if you can go on bankrate.com and find, like I said, several banks, um, CIT Bank and some other ones that are right around 1% completely liquid. You just tie it to your normal checking account. But if you're looking out farther, you say, look, I've got this money. I don't want any risk, and I want to go out three or four or five years. I want a little bit more uh, – I'm willing to tie it up for a little bit better return. There are structured note CDs. Now, there's a lot of these types out here. There's, there's, I want the ones that are principal protected. These are for people that are at or close or in retirement. I want the ones that are principal protected. I don't want them tied to currency baskets or anything like that. I want them to tie to, to basic indexes like the S&P 500, 
uh, you, you know, normal indexes that everybody knows about. And what they say is, that, okay, if you put this in a five-year CD, you'll get 20% of the price movement in the S&P 500 over that period of time without downside risk. So you go in for five years and the S&P 500 returns, you know, 30% over that period of time, you might get like 9%, you know, six to 9% or so over that period of time. Um, if the, if the market tanks over that period of time, you just get your money back. Let me tell you where I've used these in 2007, as you all know, from listening to me, I, part of my retirement strategy and my income strategy, and you can even watch part of this at newfocusfinancial.com is at the core of it, I need three years worth of safe money. Well, in 2007, for some of these clients that were getting close to retirement, it was really hard to get them out of the market to, to say, look, you need to secure your safe money because you want to be able to retire regardless of what the market does. So then we went to uh, – I got a structured note CD that's FDIC insured with HSC Bank, HSCB Bank at that period of time where I said, look, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll still tie your return to the stock market because you want stock so bad. But if they fall, there's, there's no downside risk there. You'll still get – I think in that case, it was 45% of the upside um, uh, of the price movement. You don't get the dividends, but you get the price movement with no downside risk. Luckily, we did that because you know what happened in the stock market in 2007. So they do have their place in a retirement portfolio for sure. Now, let's go to the phones. We've got Helen from San Francisco. Helen, how are you? I'm fine. Thanks, Chad, for taking my call. Um, You bet. I wanted to know what managed futures are. Okay. What? How? Now, how did they pop into your vocabulary? Is somebody talking to you about managed futures? <laughs> yes, my son called and said that, and emailed me the invitation he received to come to a meeting, and you know, inviting them to learn all about this alternative investment. And I think it's I, I just this, I looked it up in Wikipedia, I think, and kind of have an idea what it is, but it sounds horribly risky to me. <laughs> well, it's I don't know about horribly risky. Um, if you look at some of the managed futures operators, the good ones, they're the one areas that in 2008 actually did okay. Um, oh, did? Have you heard of commodities funds, yes. for example? And, and that's okay. what they deal with, isn't it? Yeah, commodities and basically currencies and things like that. So a managed right. future, what they do is they really are betting on the direction of different commodities or currencies. And okay. it's one of those things where the trend is your friend. So oh. a good commodities trader, basically, if a commodity or a currency is trending up mm-hmm. or trending down, regardless of that, as long as it's not going sideways, they tend to make money. Oh, um, okay. So it's really a complement to the alternative piece of your overall portfolio. So if you're a wealthy person, let's say you have $500,000 or more, you should really have you know, 5 6% into these alternative asset classes – Managed futures, commodities, things like that. Now, what well, scares me is that you're going to a meeting to learn about it, which typically means kind of a private deal um, where there might be large commissions involved and things like that. This is an asset class where typically only the wealthy used to be able to get into it till about five years ago. It's kind of like REITs or real estate investment trusts. Only the wealthy could get into it in the 80s, and you know, by the time 95 came around – Everybody was able to get it in the form of, of REITs. Um, so it's something to consider in your portfolio, but there's, there's no load options to get into it. 
And you can even go to Morningstar.com to find out more about it. It's not a way to build wealth, but it's a way to have and maintain wealth into an alternative asset class that doesn't correlate necessarily with stocks or bonds. It does its own thing. So, okay. And you um, would really put only a small portion of your money in it. Absolutely. It, yeah, you're talking about more- of your stock and bond portfolio. You're talking about maybe 2 to 5%. At the most, and it's really an area between stocks and bonds. It's money that you okay. say, you know what, I don't want more bonds, but I don't want the full-on risk of stocks. I want something in between. So it's definitely something to consider in the portfolio once you've done an overall financial plan and once you've really looked at what does my asset allocation look like and what's the rest of my portfolio look like. Then how would how would one – I mean this came from just a private individual. How would you be able to know whether or not he's, he's a good trader? Uh, audited track record. Um, talk to people that have done it. It scares me that they're doing their, you know, like a meeting like this. Yeah, I know. Uh, I just don't trust that kind of a thing. Um, if it's a, you know, if it's an overall situation, like it's come learn about alternative investing altogether and somebody claims to be an expert in that area, it's, it's one thing, but you know, don't ever sign yeah. up for anything at the event and, and find out, you know, how do these people make money? Are they fiduciaries? Or are they commission-based people? Are they hedge funds? Because a lot of the, the all, you know managed future people are hedge funds. They run hedge funds. Oh, okay. So okay, all right. Well, that helps right. me a lot. All right. <laughs> Thanks you, for folks. the call. If you make your calls in there, eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. This is Money 2.0 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back into Money 2.0. I'm your host, Chad Burton, certified financial planner. Loving your money questions. If you want to get your calls in there, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. So I was looking at a couple of studies and, uh, AARP and a couple other ones and study after study showing that most people do want to work after 65. And this is according to AARP. And they did this study. They've done it over and over again. The one I was looking at was a little bit older, 2007, even when the market was good. But seven in 10 baby boomers project that they intend to work past traditional, past traditional retirement age. And they don't want this kind of vacation-only retirement. And you know, I talk about that. You, when you ask people, when they, especially when they, they've saved enough to retire young, let's say in their 50s, and they've been working basically like a workaholic, 10 to 16 hours a day for a long, long time. And they're just feeling kind of burnt out. Then you ask them, well, what are you going to do? What's going to get you out of bed in the morning? You have to be able to answer that question before you retire. And you've got to keep some sort of meaning per- pursuits in your meaningful pursuits in your life. You got to keep a balance in your life while you're working, and then you've got to have a balance to kind of to the, the core of who you are really to go to once you retire. It sounds a little bit cheesy, but it's a huge decision to retire because you go from funding a nest egg to all of a sudden a limited resource that's got to last till the age 100 or more, and you got to have enough to live how you want to live. Give to who you want to give to, those types of things. So make sure that you're 
really aware of that before you pull the trigger. Before you pull the trigger, make sure you have a good financial plan. Maybe delay your distributions if you need to, because most people have enough. Which leads me to another survey. This is a survey by Employee Benefits Research Institute, known as EBRI, and basically. The bottom line is this one. Most workers have less than 25000 for retirement saved. 36% of workers age 55 and older have less than 10000 in savings and investments. 36% of people over 55. Excluding the value of their homes and any pension plans, the, the defined benefit monthly pension plans, 57% of all the respondents in this survey that they conducted reported less than 25,000 in total household savings and investments and almost half of those half them have less than 1,000 saved so 57% less than 25,000 saved up for retirement over age 55 this is this is horrible and it's scary and guess what you out there that are listening the youth unemployment the people that have had trouble finding jobs out of college it's only going to get worse. People are going to have to live longer, and that's one of the reasons why it's so tough. People are, you know, they're they're looking at it and saying, you know what? I, I'm not ready to retire. I don't have enough money. I haven't saved enough. I got a kid on my couch that's graduated from college, and I'm still trying to figure out how to save enough for retirement. And so I'm going to have to work longer. Meaning that person that was going to retire, that you were going to get their job out of college. Hey, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer. Make sure, make sure, please, that you're you're really investing wisely for your kids' education because it's expensive and you got to make sure they're they're really using the education. It's a huge investment, one of the biggest investments that you're gonna make in your life, and they may be on your couch if you don't do it right. The percentage of workers currently saving for retirement has continued to decline to fifty-seven percent from sixty-five percent in 09. So only fifty-seven percent of the people out there are even saving for retirement because of immediate financial issues. It takes over from saving for retirement, day-to-day living expenses, but sometimes it's debt issues. I'll talk about some of the expenses that I see out there and some of the other things that people just waste money on before they do that golden rule of life when it comes to saving. Pay yourself first. Pay yourself first before you pay all other bills. If you put a dollar into that 401k, and make sure you pay, save at least 10% of the pay from the day you have a job in a 401k. You're only missing about 65 cents. Every dollar you put in, it's not taxed. The entire dollar goes to work. So you're only missing 65 cents or so out of your paycheck in many cases. And you get a match on top of it. Pay yourself first, people. Stop wasting money on things that depreciate in value. Otherwise, you're going to be one of these 57% of people out there at 65 that has less than $25,000 saved up. And you're going to be working until the day you die. So you got to get motivated here. If you want to get your calls in there, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Money 2.0 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm good friends with Warren Buffett. He's going to teach me how to do my best, learn to invest, and have a lot of fun, too. Welcome back into Money 2.0. I'm your host, Chad Burns, Certified Financial Planner. I wish I was Warren Buffett's best friend. Want to get your calls in there? 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. And uh, check this out. 
Senator Tom Harkin, we were talking about the, the lack of people saving for retirement out there. Well, the, another issue that I was going to talk about is just funds leaking from retirement accounts. And Senator Tom Harkin in Congress may stem pre-retirement outflows from 401k accounts, and there could be enough bipartisan support in Congress to pass this legislation. Proposals are going to make it harder to withdraw employer contributions before retirement, easier to roll 401ks over after a job change, like with a one-page type of a form. Uh, a Republican from Texas, Lamar Alexander, he's on the pension committee. He said he'd like to see 401k portability rules made really easy with this one-page form. Very worried about 401ks becoming simple savings account today. Again, 20 to 25 cents of every dollar being contributed to 401ks is being taken out by pre-retirees to spend on everyday items. So this problem that we're seeing in America with people not being ready for retirement, it's continuing to grow. And the only way it's going to change is if we change the entire system. We have to come up with a way where Social Security is saved for everybody that's you know really close to it now. But we need a mandatory 401k type of a program where – People are forced to save and also forced to manage it so they can see it. Right now, let's go to the phones. we got Saul from Fremont. Saul, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you, Chad? Good. Hey, it's kind of funny. I was listening to uh, the pod, Rob's podcast from last Thursday um, while I was watching my daughter uh, pra- at soccer practice, and uh, it was like uh, Laurel and Hardy, man. You guys were making me laugh. Uh, you know, it's a little <laughs> gifts uh, that you had going on. Um, so uh, just a little background check um, to let you know about myself. Uh, I'm 40 years old. Like, um, you know, it's a perfect topic today. You know, I'm really behind on my 401K. Uh, thanks to Rob, he's gotten me really paying attention to it. Um, you know, I called him about six months ago, asked him for, to, for his advice. Um, asked, uh, he told me to, change, you know, to up it to uh, 15%. Uh, I made that change. He told me to diversify a little bit. I worked for Coca-Cola. Um, I had all my money in, in, in Coke stocks. So I diversified a little bit. I just wanted to get your um, opinion on the choices that I changed into. He told okay. me large cap, small cap, and mid cap, small cap. Uh, when I made the call, I apologize. Some guys are starting up the Harley here next to me. Um, when I made the call, um, there were a lot of choices, and I was just overwhelmed. So uh, I wanted to at least just make the, the, the changes. And I know uh-huh. that you've uh, told Rob that you know you could you could uh, hit the um, hit the the return button, so your uh, your 401k just goes back to what it originally was. You know. Yeah, the automatic rebalance. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right. So, uh, so real quick, uh, it was Invesco American Funds R5. That's uh, 20%. Global BlackRock Global Alex Fund One, I believe, or I was the other choice. Uh, BlackRock Large Cap Core, 20%, and that Ridgeworth Small Cap Value X1, or I, I, I don't know exactly what it is, and the Coca-Cola company stock, 20%. So those were the choices that I made. Um, and how much did you get into the global? Um, they're all 20%, Chad. To, to, every single one was 20%. Gotcha. And so you've just started contributing to these areas, the 20, 20, 20. Basically, you went five different choices all the way down the line, 20%. Yeah. Prior to that, it was all 100% Coca-Cola. That's all it was. Okay. And, and Rob wasn't really didn't seem like that was the best bet, so I, I took his advice you know, and I switched that up. And if I could, just one more quick question. 
he did also, you know, tell me to get a part-time job. I took his advice. I, I, I do pretty decent. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say, but, you know, since I am so far behind, he, he did tell me to get a part-time job. I got a part-time job. Those checks I put aside, um, and I just opened up just like a basic just savings account for my daughter who's 10 years old. Um, would you, I mean, what's your uh, advice on something like that? What, what well, are you, funding, that are you funding a Roth IRA? Uh, no, I'm not funding anything other than my 401k, Chad. I, I do have a, a little bit of savings. I'm not going to say a lot of money, but I have a, a good little. Well, yeah, I mean, have your so have your three to six months worth of cash and savings for your emergency fund that you don't touch. You, you just put it somewhere where you don't see like an online FDIC insured money market bank sitting there. You know, three to six months worth of cash. But after that, if you can still afford to save money after your 15 percent of your 401k. You should be doing a Roth for your wife and then a Roth for you and save money. You know, It's after-tax money, but it grows tax-free for the rest of your life. And if you need to pull it out for – there's certain things you can do in terms of education. Uh, you, know, you can always pull your contributions out without a taxes if you run into some major emergency, but that's your next step. When you're looking at your 401K, though, you mentioned – I mean you have a good allocation. I think you can let that thing run because you're dollar-cost averaging into some aggressive areas. And those five funds, make sure your international exposure that's at 20%, you know, that should be at your age probably 20 to 30% with at least half of that, if not 60% of it, more in the emerging markets rather than the developed side. So get to know your international funds inside your 401k. International has drastically underperformed the S&P 500 this quarter. Um, so that's the first quarter in a while. And I think there's going to be some good opportunities to really allocate to that area when you're young and investing into where, where the middle class is growing. So thanks for the call. If you want to get your calls there, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Take a quick break. We'll be right back. Don't forget, you can also email me through newfocusfinancial.com. This is Money 2.0 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back into Money 2.0. I'm your host, Chad Burns, Certified Financial Planner. Still some time left in the show, so if you have a money question, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Too shy to call in, go to my website. You can email me through newfocusfinancial.com or chat at newfocusfinancial.com. And let's talk about some other issues because, again, well, let me go back to this first because Congress may act to stop retirement leakage. Sounds horrible, right? Retirement leakage, but that's what's going on. Not only do... About, uh, what would I say? It was a half of people under age 55 only have less than 25,000 saved up for retirement, or people over age 55, rather. And so Congress may act to stem people also from robbing their own retirement accounts. I mean, first of all, when you pull money out of an IRA or 401k, not only do you, I mean, you lose half of it because you end up paying taxes on it plus a 10% penalty. So what you do, if, if, if you pull out $10,000, you only have $5,000 that you can spend from that withdrawal. And let's think about that. If you're 30 years old and that money tends to double about every 10 years at, uh, so at 10, you know, 10 to 12 years at 7%. So what you've done is if you pull out $10,000 to spend 5000 after tax – by 40, it's probably going to be worth 20,000. By 50, it's going to be 40,000. By 60, it's going to be $80,000. By 70, 
$160,000. So think about that. Next time you go rob your retirement account, take $10,000 out to spend it on something, and you only have $5,000 after you pay Uncle Sam and pay the 10% penalty, you've just cost yourself, what did I say, $160,000 by the time you're 70 years old? Good job. Good job. You have to think about the long-term value of money and what you're doing. So let's talk about some issues and other problems that American Americans are dealing with it when it comes to their spending habits. First of all, 70% of Americans don't have a working budget. There's no excuse for that. There's mint.com. There's learnvest.com. There's free ways. Your checking account typically will track your expenses for you. You need to know what you're spending your money on so you can look at it every single month and realize, this is how much I'm spending at a grocery store. I mean, are you doing things to save? I mean, look at look at Safeway, for example, on the Just For You Savings Program where they, they will email you ways to save money. Target, you can just have your have sign up for the Target red card. That's a debit card out of your checking account. That's not a credit card. It's a debit card. You get 5% on every single purchase, 5% right off the top. Are you doing those types of things to save money? Now, the average American spends a buck 33 for every dollar earned. And that's because they count out the amount of debt that they have as well as their normal expenses. And they're piling on debt at the same time as they're earning money. So they're buying a bunch of depreciating assets. 42% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. Now Saul called earlier and, you know, he was told to get a part-time job by Rob in the morning, the morning station, uh, the, the morning show on the station, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. I might have looked at it and said, you know what, rather than get a part-time job, maybe you got to look at what you're doing and say, is there some sort of a retraining that I can invest in? Maybe that's my next investment is investing in my career so I can spend some time re-educating myself, stepping up my knowledge of my work that I do now some other way so I can get raises and actually earn more money. Your biggest, your biggest asset is your ability to earn money, so you have to invest wisely in that. And again, this is another survey that I saw from uh, eMoney where they said 29% of people have savings less than $1,000 of all people. The surveys that I was talking about before were for people over 55. 97% of baby boomers have not saved enough for retirement. That's what we're dealing with. I'm trying to get you to outside of this list. Don't be in this list. And so a lot of it has to do with people who are impulsive. Uh, 90% of shoppers, when they go into the store, buy stuff that's not on the list. I do that all the time when I go in hungry, especially after a workout or something like that. I buy a you know $5 protein shake that I could have made for a buck at home or for 50 cents at home, those types of things. Almost 40% of all purchases made online are made out of impulse as well. So even though we can save a lot of money by shopping online, most of the stuff that we do is, tends to be impulse. Now, this is a big one, the car you drive. So let's say that you're a person that buys a new vehicle about every four years. If you were to say, you know what, I'm not going to buy a new one. I'm going to buy a car that's off a two- or a three-year lease, and I'm going to save 25 to 40% of the purchase price. I'm going to save ten grand every time I buy a new car, for example. That can amount to hundred grand over the next 20 years if you're the person that does that every four-year purchase, assuming a 6% rate of return. Everything you do has a long-term cost to it, and that's what you have to think. You have to think about it in terms of how am I going to pay myself first because nobody's going to take care of me when I'm 65. It's up to me, and I want to be able to retire or at least have a job that I enjoy doing until I'm 70, 75, or 80. Thanks for listening. Please tell a friend about the show. If you want to e- email me, just go to newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.